Nice. You are now in tune with the boss of the business, the What the Heck Show, on UnionPowerRadio.com. Good afternoon, my brothers and sisters of Local 804 and Teamsters listening across the country. Today is, uh, you know, a beautiful day, Super Bowl Sunday. It is February 7th, and we are ready to lay it down on the line today. Uh, it's going to be a little different today. I'm <laughs> a lot different in this time, so uh, Mr. Fortis will be kind of delegating the, the tables over there and trying to... Uh, figure out who's talking and when because we have a little issue on the feedback but hopefully it works out uh jamie holligan should be calling in shortly he will probably also be on the line uh and as always our producer hector fortis the big bad wolf is in the building all right i see we got a couple of people listening here on the line want to give a big shout out to all of y'all dave carood Women's United, what's up, ladies? You know, you know, Jamie. You know, Jamie always calls when you know the show already started, and he just fucks everything up. <laughs> Should I try calling him right now on two way? Oh, there he is. Why you do me always? Why you always do me like that? <laughs> we got our favorite teamster from Philadelphia, Joni Lane Miller, is in the chat. What's up, JoJo? She, is she listening to Richard, Richard Hooker too? I think Richard Hooker is on too. Is he on? He has his show. He has yeah. his show on too. All, all, all seven, all seven listeners are listening to uh, Richie Hooker on Sunday. It's sad that you know there's nobody goes and look at what he has to say but whatever right it's the same thing here too we got 11 yeah we got the we got the same well we got 11 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we got we got two that don't want to anonymous and then we got the rest we got joe doherty our brother the irishman out of uh long island and fw39 whoever you are man thank you for listening or maybe it's a woman (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right so big news big big news amazon news y'all y'all know what's going Uh-oh. on with amazon right now that mail-in ballot uh-oh a mail-in ballot it has been approved 
It has been approved thanks to the National Labor Relations Board. Yes, sir, the NLRB on Friday dismissed the objections filed by Amazon over a union vote set for next week at Fulfillment Center. The employees more than 5,000 people in suburban Birmingham, Alabama. The Is that said, what made Jeff Bezos step down? Uh, you know what? I don't think so. I think Jeff Bezos is stepping down because he wants to take on that, that more chairman position where he's okay. kind of like able to steer the company in the direction he wants with votes and stuff like that instead of being a part of it anymore. Because, you know, he's made enough money. So he's looking to delegate some of the uh, responsibilities and right. get to enjoy some of the money before he dies. I know he's young, but, you know, you still want to enjoy your money. He's a billion, billion, billionaire old hand over fist times over and times over. So, okay, okay. And well, uh, in case since you mentioned that, Jamie, uh, he is leaving a man by the name of Andy Jassy and is stepping in his place, and he will be the new CEO. But I believe they said that would be in the third quarter of 2021. That's when that is all going down. Wow! How uh, that guy's that guy's been been with the company Amazon, right? He's, he's at what position was he in? Do we know? Oh, yeah, he was his lieutenant. He was, okay. he was his so he, he knows what to do. Right. Yeah, yeah. He was. He well, was it's not like Jeff Bezos, Bezos or however you say his name, is really going anywhere. He's still going to be there. So. Oh, yes. He's taking on the executive chairman position. So, yeah, he's not going anywhere. He still has a huge uh, uh, say in what happens with the company. And he's got a, a ton, a, a, a big boatload of power. So, that's not going to change. Well, hopefully um, that, that Amazon division will go out to the rest of the Amazon division if they approve a union. Hopefully the rest of them will jump jump ship too and get on board. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. You're looking at it as the first domino that can fall. You right. Know? And, and little by little. And, and Alabama's a small, you know, you're talking about, I mean, it's a, a huge facility that they have there. Uh, I believe they said... Uh, more than 5,000 employees or something. But these employees are between full-time and part-time are, are, are delegating about 100,000. They're, they're, they're dishing out about 100,000 uh, pieces, uh, uh, whatever it is per, what was I reading? I forgot what it was, but they're, they're putting on a lot of work. Uh, and they're, they're not being treated fairly, and they're tired of the bull. So it's nice that yeah. they finally got, yeah, it's finally that they finally got their stuff together and they're, they're getting it done. Well, if that if that gets if that goes into effect in Alabama, wherever you're saying is that, then it's going to be like a domino effect for all Amazon buildings throughout the whole United States. I hope so. I, I mean, that's what we that's what we want. Except uh, states that you know, right to work states. Well, yeah, right, they'll right. always have their little yeah. I mean, it will happen there too. But do but now do we know do we know if Alabama is the right to work though? I I need to find that out though because I don't know if we know that. Even if it's a right uh, to work, they are voting to get a union in there, so it's all good. I, I mean, guess. you can have a you can have a union, but you can still be a right to work. Yep, Alabama is a right to work. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida. That's huge for a right to work state. It, 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 it looks, wow. It looks like it happened in, what was it, uh, 2016, which isn't great because that's like it almost just happened. 
uh, year constitutional amendment was adopted in 2016. Sheesh. So remember last week when I was telling you I had something to tell you? Yes. What happened with that? So never, remember, never remember that time that we had a show you and, and that, through the whole show. You kept saying it through the whole show. Yeah. Well, can I say it now? <laughs> can I say it now? Anyway, so yes. Remember that show that we had that someone was uh, uh, pretending they were Steve Viagra. Viagra. Yes. So Steve I did call. Yes. I, I did call that that number. It was a joint council, and I spoke to his secretary or whoever it was, and she said that. It was an imposter. Someone must have, because he wouldn't call and just put this number out there. So somebody out there is playing games like always when it's election time. So he really didn't call. He didn't uh, do the the text messaging and none, none of that shit. So I told you from the beginning when I told you yeah, I, somebody's bullshitting and you thought it was true. So there you have it. Um, I'm sure you called. Did you get any answers? I did call. I left the message. Never got an answer. Yeah, that's the that's the power slate. But you know, I also you know, we called somebody called that same day and they they found out it was a a joint council because if he was on the if he was on the phone or on the internet, why would he give their number? Why would he give his personal number? So. Somebody's playing games. Yeah, I think somebody. somebody from our local. Yeah, of course. No, I, know, I just. You know, I don't think it's someone from our local. I don't think it's from my from my from our local. It's someone out there from some local. But uh, it's, it's also local. it's also a lot of shit going on because I keep getting texts from uh, someone from the West Coast about uh, Sean O'Brien's pension in the uh, uh, local twenty five that it went from. Um, I got to look at it. It went from some percent to a three percent. I don't know. Someone. I mean. Like uh, that guy, or what's his name? Uh, Glenn? What's his name? Hello? Greg Kerwood. The guy from twenty uh, Local Greg, 25. Greg, Greg Kerwood? Yeah. Yeah, I think he needs to clear that up because it, it's, it's crazy that someone is sending me from the West Coast, uh, and he knows who he is because he goes back and forth with the guy. He's The guy is scared can to fucking get, get on the road. Hector, can we get a third person on the line? Or Yeah, we could. We could. We could. Yeah? Greg Kerwood, if you could call up, because I see that you're listening, and we always love to hear from you, especially on the economics of situations. Um, I would be, we would be uh, more than honored to have you call the show and uh, speak to us a little about that situation with the uh, pension funds over in uh, in uh, in uh, Sean O'Brien's camp that they've been trying to uh, discredit, apparently. I'm, I'm- I'm gonna send you something now through your e- through your text message. You could probably read it up. Okay. Uh, it's okay. Tell- it's telling about the um, like 2019 and 2018 their pension, how it went down from 51 percent to 30 percent or 32 percent. I don't know. I don't know how to read this, but it, it looks like that the the pension in uh, local 25 is is decreasing, not not getting any better. So I don't know why they sending me that. I don't know if it, you know, of course it's a, a politic bullshit with, the, you know, Sean O'Brien running for IBT and his uh, pension is going down. And I'm sure that's what they want me to talk about. But I, unless I have facts, who's making all that noise? I got to turn that off. Anyway, um, Jesus Christ, that was a lot of noise. Uh, 
I guess, you know, because it's politics now and uh, IBT and he's running for IBT president. Uh, of course, shit is going to come out. A lot of shit is going to come out, especially with Sean O'Brien, uh, the Teamsters Fours. That's going to come out. Um, the I guess the pension is coming out. Hold on. Uh, this guy's calling now. Hold on. Okay. Uh, That's me. Can you hear a a uh, Tony? Can you hear him? I'm waiting to hear if Greg Kerwood's on the line. Is he on the line? I'm on the line. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah. sir. Hear you loud and clear. Thank you for calling in, Mr. Kerwood. Can you uh, like us a little? Um, yes, please. Oh, Hector, I can hear him exactly when he's talking. So it's different than listening to you on the on the mic. Uh, Greg, please, uh, yeah. if you could dissect this for us here, because I know you are great with the numbers and. And let us well, know this. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I'll be happy to try <laughs> to explain this. Yes. So what what you're looking at, just just to take uh, my friend on the West Coast, as we'll call him, <clears throat> his, his, just to answer his direct charge with what is going on here, if you look at the 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 market value of the assets, which is down probably, probably the fifth line down, right? You say we're, we're somewhere between... 4.3, 4.1 billion. It, it's it, it's maintained relatively stable amounts. So it's it's not that the value of the pension itself is going down, but if you look at the the second line, I'm getting some kind of feedback. I can't hear. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, it's because some one of you guys. Is that Jamie? One of you guys. When he's talking, mute yourself, so then you can hear him clear. Yes, that's a good idea. Jamie, okay. mute yourself. He, he probably okay. don't even Jamie's know the button muted. to do that. He, it was definitely Jamie. Right. Right. Jamie had like some kind of... Uh... It's gone now, I think. All right, go ahead. So if you look up at the value of the liabilities, that's where the increase is coming. So the liabilities are going up because we have more and more people retiring. And, and we've lost a whole bunch of people due to the pandemic, at least temporarily, who haven't been, uh, the contributions haven't been coming in. So when you put those two numbers together, the percentage of funding is going down, but not because the money is going down, but because the amount of money that has to be paid out is going up. As people keep retiring, more and more people are retiring, the baby boomers are retiring, that liability keeps going up and the funding has been stabilized. So it's not it's not a simple statement to say that, oh, the percentage keeps going down, the percentage keeps going down. It's because one thing is going up, not because the other thing is going down, if that makes sense. Well, you know, you know, I mean, you know that our buddy from the West Coast dislikes Sean O'Brien, so whatever he gets, he's I, gonna put I, out there. I'm aware. He actually asked me for a copy of this weeks ago, and I and I said, I'm not sure why you would want me to give you one of those. But oh no, that's I mean, that's the simple explanation of this. The more complicated explanation behind his argument is that because he likes to tell the West Coast pension and and how it's in great shape. But the reality is is that Central States pension, the New England pension, several other pensions took a much bigger hit over the last several decades due to trucking companies going out of business, uh, consolidation contractors, et cetera, et cetera. And so what happens is, is that once your fund starts to get below a certain level, 
you have to take a different approach to keep it funded. And the way that you try to keep it funded is you have to take on more risk. So if I have, you know, if I have a fully funded pension, I can sit back on my haunches, so to speak, and, and keep my investments low risk and just keep a certain level of income coming in and I'm good to go. But when things start to go down and you start having more liability than you have assets, the, the approach has to be, well, how can we gain more assets? And that means taking on more risk. That's what central states did. That's what New England has done. Because you don't really have a choice. If you just keep going the way you're going, you're running out of money. And so what happened, and the big issue is, when the market crashed in 2009, all of that risk came back to bite these pensions on the backside. And so now the same issue keeps arising is that as the money keeps decreasing, as the assets go down, you have less money to make money with. And so it becomes this sort of downward spiral that's almost impossible to get out of. So what we've done in New England, and I say we, I haven't done it, obviously, is to try to stabilize that bottom line amount. You know, as you can see, it's staying at 4.3, 4.29, 4.1 to keep that stable so that we're not in that vicious downward spiral. So what, what you're we saying can't control is how many people keep retiring. That just continues to go up because of the generation. So what you would say that this pension is not failing? It's in it's it's critical, but I wouldn't say it's failing per se. But will it? It can't sustain the situation it's in any more than the other ones can. Because can I speak? Can I speak? Is that Jones? Oh, oh. That's, Jones yeah. on the line too. That, that's oh, me. Right. I, 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 don't don't know, I want, I want, Craig, listen, I want, Craig, no, we don't want to hear from you, John. No. <laughs> I want Craig to explain to everybody the way he explained to me what the hybrid plan is all about and that local 25 did not allow UPS to walk away from its responsibility. Right. Okay. Right. So the, the way the hybrid plan works, because our West coast friend likes to throw that out all the time is that, um, it's sort of a, a, a new pension within the old pension. And so what happens is to move from the plan they're in to this sort of sub plan, this hybrid plan within the pension, that triggers legal requirements for the companies to pay off all their unfunded liability. Okay, so let me so, stop you right there, Greg. Yep. UPS is responsible for paying all of their pension responsibility Every, in this everybody plan. Everybody is. Yeah, by you. law. It's not Thank just UPS. You. We've done it with Stop and Shop. We've done it with a whole bunch of companies. <laughs> so what it does is it it forces them to pay off all their unfunded liability to move into the hybrid plan. And that gives this influx of cash to the pension to help, like I said, stabilize this bottom line. So that, that was other behind the hybrid plan. That first plan that other companies right. Were I mean, the issue we have, and the issue Central States has, and a lot of other companies have, is that we've had so many companies go out of business, even in my time. Never mind before that. And you know, I mean, if you go to our our monthly meeting and we read the list of everybody who's you know all the new pensioners, all the new retirees, there, the, you know, it's company after company after company after company who don't exist anymore. Right? You might hear three, four, five UPS names out of, out of a hundred. Right. Everything is some trucking company that is gone. Some, you know, uh, you know, shopping stores that are long gone and, and all of those people are now withdrawing from the pension 
and there's no one paying in from where they came from. Right, and so that's add. the issue that we have that some of the other locals or other regions like the Western don't have as much of. Greg, let me ask you a question. So you're yeah. saying, so a pension relies on how you invest, correct? Yes. Because the reason I'm asking that because it's the because I I I'm a trustee in my local for a small pension from back in the days, mm -hmm. and I started yep. I started that pension. It's, it's called the last man standing pension, meaning that the other companies that are already not in service anymore, but these are the pensions that they put into the local 804. It's, it's called a small pension, and I call it the last man standing because they said whoever's standing last keeps the rest of the money. So if a guy, if everyone yep. in that pension passes away, God forbid. And it's one person uh, standing. That person gets if it's fifteen million dollars in the bank. That's what they get. So that's why I call it. But the funny thing is that I'm a trustee in that um, in that small pension, and I grew that pension because the investments and the person that I'm dealing with uh, that invests the money. Um, I went from fifteen million dollars that they said that in 2026 this pension will be it will be gone. And I brought it mm -hmm. up with this investments and, and the investments that he gives me and I approve. And we brought it up to $17 million. Well, now the pension is, is yep. up to 2038. So what is what is Sean O'Brien doing different to keep your pension rolling? What is he doing different? I, mean, I don't what think is he's it? doing anything different necessarily. I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a question of what you can deal with right i mean obviously we have this pension is not in a great situation has been in a great situation for as long as i've been there which goes back to before sean which is a whole nother issue but um you have to you have to find a way to balance that risk with the notion that listen if we screw this up you know all these people that are relying on this are now going to be screwed and so you can't simply, you know, I've heard uh, a bunch of people say, oh, the market's been cranking. Why can't these guys make money? Well, they can't just throw all this in the S&P 500 because there's, there's too much risk involved with something that's too important. Right. And I'm, I'm sure one, I don't one know of the you're, you're one, of the things, one of the things that Greg explained to me about this failing pension fund was that it's about payout versus paying. Okay. Right. So when you have hundreds of thousands of orphans paying, being paid from this fund and you don't have hundreds of thousands of employers paying into this fund, you tend to take higher risk investments. So, so you mean and to tell what me you end up doing is throwing good money after bad because you just can't, you just can't. So you're telling so me that's why. Right. So wait a minute, Craig. So you're telling me that there's more retirees out there than people are that are still working. You can see if you look, well, you don't have the sheet, but I have the sheet in front of me. Um, let me see where is it on here. I know it's on here because it's not about people it working, heck. It's about companies contributing. Okay. It's, it's, it's about the contribution. I, I know. It, I, I, I get the contribution. I because apologize. The I wasn't prepared for this, so I don't. I have, I'm sorry. I don't have it on the I'm sorry that page. it's a four-page thing. You guys are only seeing the front page. But. Right. So, Joan, what there's, I'm saying is... There's a number is, here somewhere, and yes, it is, it is very close. It's, it's, it's uh, the number of people contributing compared to the number of people uh, collecting is, is almost one-to-one. -one. It's almost 50-50. So, yes. Wow. It, 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 that's, that's the issue. It's just, it's just like Social Security. When, when, it's very much you the know, same principle, yes. Congress keeps telling you about Social Security. This is the, right. this is the, this is the age of baby boomers retiring. Right. 
And so, you know, you have way more many people collecting from the pot than you have contributing yeah. to the pot. So it's not necessarily about mismanagement. You know, no, I, I won't argue that on, on this conversation because, you know, it could have been, uh, who knows, but um, the, the math, the math proves that you have less people contributing than you have collecting. Yeah. So, so here's here's the number. That's, a, the number. that's a normal um, process with dealing with a pension. If you have a lot of people taken out of it, a lot of people taking a certain amount of money out, but that money is not being put back, you're going to have a failing pension regardless, or right. it's going to be going bad. So that's even like that's even like our pension when people yeah. are going home, scheduled off, they're not putting money into the pension. So and but the people that are already retired, they're still going to collect their money. So right. it's exactly. going to eventually that's go it. bad because no money is and going it, in. So not, that's, that, I mean, that's a normal process. But the, the, the effect of that is so much greater than the effect of what you can get back from choosing your investments. And that's the part that I think gets lost. You right. can only make so much from your investments and it's never going to be enough to compensate for, I mean, I'll give you the numbers right here because I found them. The number of participants in our plan right now, total total participants is 72,600 and so change. Out of that, those people, there's 21,000, just almost 22,000 active participants, meaning they're paying in, right? There's 32,500 participants who are retired or separated from service and receiving benefits. And on top of that, we have another 18,000 who are retired and haven't started collecting yet. Right. So you're looking at out of the 72,000, 22,000 are still paying in. Everybody else is either collecting or waiting to collect. Well, we have Richard Hooker on the phone. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Explain how the negotiated hybrid plan is a good thing. Hold on a well, second. Because Hel- it, hello? It, it, hold- I wouldn't. I, hold on. Hold, hold on, on a second, Greg. Hold I on. believe yeah. I was trying to say something. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I got, I got Richard, Ho- I got Richard Hooker on the phone. So let, let's let's introduce <laughs> Richard Hooker, the principal officer of 623. Hey, what up, fellas? Hey, listen. What's up, brother? I didn't, hey, hey, I just wanted to uh, say Happy New Year to everybody. I didn't. I went on the show in a while. But also, I want to issue a challenge to all my uh, 804 Madden players. Me and Chris were talking about. Um, so instead of doing a Facebook... 804 tournament? We're talking about a 804 tournament? There you go. There you go. We're going to get all our, our brothers and sisters who play Madden. We're going to play some Madden online and talk about, you know, voting and making sure they, they uh, participate in the election process, man. So we're going to do whatever we can to get our people to vote. If I got so over here, give 804 the trophy already. So, so if, I, <laughs> if, if I gotta beat, if I gotta beat, if I gotta beat every 804 member to get everybody to vote, that's what I'm willing to do. Oh, Richard Hooker! All I want is some of that Bojangles, baby. Okay, we can we can make it happen. You guys, I'm still right. on. Hello, uh, Greg is <laughs> Greg is talking about the pension guys. So let's let's let, let's let him finish uh, right. what he's got to say. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. I just I didn't even know that this, you know you guys were talking about that, but uh, I just want to issue that challenge. So I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you, brother. Have a good one there, Richard Hooker right. Jr. Uh, 
All right, y'all be good. Enjoy, be enjoy the game. All right, Greg, talk to us about this. Um, this um, what is it? Uh, two. Oh, so, yeah. So the hybrid. I, I, I wouldn't describe the hybrid as a good thing, but it's it's a it's a it's a good idea to solve a bad thing. I guess I would put it that way. If your pension is in, it's not something you would do if you didn't have to. I guess is the way I would say it. But what it does is because of the the legal responsibilities in order to move from one pension to another, every company has to pay. Just like when we had the central states contract, whatever that was, 08, or I forget what year exactly, right? UPS had to write a $7 billion check, and which they did, right? They have to pay all of their unfunded liability to get out of the plan. That's, that's by law. Okay, so that, that was my point. UPS yep. did not walk away from their financial no, responsibility. Nobody's walked away. No, there's still can, can I ask We're you something, Greg? Thank yep. you. Can I ask you a question, Greg? Yeah. Now with the with the new classification twenty two fours. Yep. How is that going with your membership? Are they hiring a lot of twenty two fours? Because that should also boost or yeah. uh, boost or add to some of your pension because that should be a, that's twenty five percent of your regular RPCD. So shouldn't that help with your your pension? Just curious. And I'm not sure uh, if you're all you're all UPS or not. I don't know. Uh, no, we're not all UPS. No, and yes, it does help. But at the same time, you know, we have an enormous number of even just UPS. You know, senior feeder drivers who have retired and more retired, you know, more UPS retirees that I've seen anytime in just in the past few years. So it's the same issue. You know, it's never, there's never going to be enough, you know, barring some kind of major legislative change in, in Washington where, you know, that card check rules and things that make it easier to organize. There's never going to be enough people paying in to cover this swell of retirees it is it, the, the math doesn't work so what do you so think if you're in a pension that's already underfunded you know now you're just you're, you're trying to as i said the gentleman i think the other day if I'm, i i said uh you know you're, you're you're bailing out a leaking boat i mean you, you just you're trying to keep up with something but if the, there's no way you're gonna you know overcome it in the long term so what do you think this uh, our friend in the West Coast is is putting this out there on Facebook about uh, yep. pension went down three percent and why you think he I don't I don't understand I mean I I think I understand because he's not for Viagra or Sean O'Brien yeah. and, and he's definitely no. not a, a Hoffa guy uh, he just just putting out all this shit a lot of shit of Sean O'Brien yeah. Well, because I, as I, I, I don't remember who I said it to, but he's, he, he's taking something that's very complicated. Obviously, funding the, the, the pension issue is a complicated issue, and he's trying to turn it into some kind of bumper sticker. You know, oh, 34, 32 is less than 34, and 30 is less than 32. Therefore, and, and Sean O'Brien's name's at the top of the page, so therefore, Sean O'Brien, you know, ran the pension into the ground which is just absurd. Number one, like I said, the pension wasn't in great shape before Sean ever took over our local, never mind the the New England pension. And, and second of all, that's just an incredibly simplistic view of what the pension involves. I mean, it's, you know, but it's, that's, that's the effect when you're trying to, to cast aspersion on somebody quickly and easily, that's the easy way to do it. 
Yeah, well, he's, he's afraid to even come on the radio to explain because I always tell him, listen, stop sending me shit. Just come on the radio and explain what you're saying. Yeah. And, and But he, he won't explain it like you do. So, I, no. you know, that's, that's both, that's, you know, that's, you, I call that bullshit and, you know, keyboard war, uh, I don't you know, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, he is but, who he is, not, not my problem. Yeah, but I'm glad that you explained it because now, you know, people were saying, why is he putting it out there, 3%, 3%, and, yeah. and you explaining and, the, and people and members listening, you know, he's trying, it's political, guys, you got to understand, it's, it's election season. A lot yep. of shit is going to come out from Sean O'Brien's camp and this uh, Steve Viagra because he's got Ron Herrera running with him. Uh, it's the same shit. <laughs> you know, uh, Sean O'Brien has, yep. has, has uh, you know, officers on his slate, and hopefully uh, Sean yep. O'Brien turns it around. Sean O'Brien was, and he does admit that he was a officer also. You know, he didn't, yep. didn't say that he wasn't, and he didn't say he didn't wear that red vest. He told every one of us that, yep. yes, he did wear that red vest. Yes, he was a officer, and the people on his yep. slate are saying the same thing. They're admitting. They're not holding it back. They're letting you know what's going on. The Viagra slate, they are afraid to call up. I put out a lot of invitations out there for them to call up. Yeah. We had a guy that came on the, the radio show and did the bullshit and lied about it. He was uh, Steve Viagra. I knew it wasn't him. Yeah. We called the Joint Council. They said they had nothing to do with anyone calling in or sending any texts or, you know, it's bullshit. But uh, like I said, yeah, it's going to be stuff out just- there coming election. It's going to be a lot of stuff out there. The thing is that, you know, either A, you believe it, or B, you don't believe it, or C, get the fucking truth. And that's that's the best way to do it is get the truth because everybody's going to bullshit. It's like our election here in Locuator 4. We started getting these texts saying that they were the president of our local texting me saying, I'm indeed, I need your help, I need to do this. And it wasn't my president sending me a text, so this is what they do. For political bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah. well, I'll just I'm gonna, I'll, I'll leave you with two things. I don't want to take up your whole shelf because I'd, I'd like to listen to it. <laughs> but uh, the first thing is, you know, the officer, uh, all that stuff. When when Sean and his slate took over our local back in '06, I think if I've got it right, they were not. They were the upstarts. They were not. Hoffa was not supportive of them in any way. He supported the incumbents in and. You know, Hoffa had to face the reality when Sean Slate won and won. It wasn't even close that he had to deal with this new guy from Boston who, you know, leads this big local. And so the, the idea that somehow, you know, Sean had a Hoffa sign in his hand when he was in the cradle is just absurd. The, the second part is that, uh, our friend on the West and others, you know, like to say that we're all blindly following. Sean here in local 25, but the reality is everything that I've just explained to you with our pension is not a secret. We go through this. We cover this. Sean addresses this at our monthly meetings on a regular basis, explains it all, has explained it all repeatedly over and over again. It's not, no one's hiding from it. It's the truth that the truth is the truth. And, and it's been transparent. It's been open. It's been honestly dealt with. And we up here, all know that because we see it firsthand. And so this notion that we're all just blindly following him because he's our guy is just beyond ridiculous. 
So with that, I will, I'll leave you guys with your show. I don't want to take it all up, but uh, my pleasure to call in, and, and uh, I love listening to you every week. Thank you, Craig, man. We appreciate you, brother. Thanks right. for calling in, and uh, I'll tell you what, next time we do a show concerning uh, helping out members with their 401k, you got to come on and uh, talk yeah. to the guys for us, all right? Talk to the I'm ladies. I'm waiting for, you, wait for <laughs> you guys to come to the Berkshires whenever we got out of this pandemic. Oh, we're going to do it this <laughs> summer. We're going to do it this summer. We're going to set it up. We're gonna. I'm going to give you a call. I'm going to send you my, uh, I think I have your uh, phone number, or I'll get your phone number from the... Yeah. Uh, from Hector, and then we'll uh, set something up and we'll come down there when it gets nice and warm out. Excellent. Look forward to it. Thank you, Greg. Have a good right. one, brother. Thanks Thank for calling you. in. Always appreciative. All right, you're on the edge. Uh, Anthony, you just stopped talking. That was that was very informative. You know, uh, I, I'm, I got to admit, when it comes to numbers, heck, I'm like the worst. So I don't really know exactly how these uh, funds, uh, how the pensions get funded. I don't know anything about uh, the the fiduciary responsibilities, let's say. <laughs> and I get lost in it, man. I really do. Yeah, well, it, it, if, you, it, if you don't, when you, when you receive the, the newsletter or whatever we have about the pension or whatever, it explains it. A little bit to it. It, it says, I, I mainly read the part where, where he was discussing about how many members are putting into it and how many minutes members are receiving from it. And I try to at least have them, at least the members putting in, I try to, I want them way above the members receiving, not, you know, so that way at least we know we're getting some extra money into there. But like people go home scheduled off all the time and just because you have members, a, a lot of members that's supposed to be putting in, you don't actually have the money going in because people are taking off, and that can actually mess up your mess up your fund. No matter how good your investments are, you still need that money, and they're not putting the money in. That's why people can't go home scheduled off. You come to work, you have to work. They don't realize the pension can be messed up. People just think. Oh, the company has all this money. They're going to do this. Oh, the union has all this money. It's not about that. They get the money if you work. You have to work. And it's not just the pension. It's also the health and welfare. We want better health and welfare, but we're not working. Everybody wants better wealth, health and welfare. They want better doctors, better dentists, better this. But how can the union get it? How can the union negotiate it if you're not working and putting money into these into these entities or whatever you want to say you have to work well this is this is what i always say that the members are our worst enemies you know they are their own worst enemies because of the fact that you have guys that come in you know they get dressed in the morning brush their teeth you know get dressed take that hour ride to your facility get there and says you know they over and oh yeah i'll go home so right there, you the company does not contribute when you go home on the code twenty six. They don't contribute. So let's say, and I and I lit a study from you know past years, and it was one year that the company didn't put into our patient pension five point five million dollars that they could have put into the pension, and because people across the whole local took off that year on code 26 they didn't contribute 5.5 million dollars into our pension 
And this is why everyone's, and 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 this year is going to be even worse. I could guarantee you, when I see those numbers this year, it's going to probably be probably be at nine point five million dollars of no contribute. They don't contribute to the pension because people go home on code twenty six. Code twenty six is a is a disaster. You shouldn't if you did everything in the morning to get to to the job to turn around and go back home. You're a fucking retard. Because you're only messing up the pension when you do that. You're not contributing to the pension. The company doesn't contribute to the pension when you go home on code 26. Okay? Uh, Hector, and, and can I make a correction real quick? We don't use the word retard. Mentally disabled, okay? Thank you. That's <laughs> You use that. Y'all crazy. But it, it, it is, it's, it's, it's fucked up that, you know, that we have to, that, that we can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, so after Rule, you interrupted by uh, Rosario. Um, <laughs> so the, 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 the problem is this, man. Everyone, listen, if you get up in the morning, I swear, if I get up in the morning brush my teeth put on my clothing get my ass to work and i and i live an hour away from my from the centers so to drive an hour to get there to wait to 10 o'clock to for they could tell you you could go home because there's they're over and you just decided oh i got something to do you really that got shit to do you got this is what you're gonna do you're gonna get back in your car you're gonna drive an hour right back to your house and by the time you get to your house you ain't gonna do shit so you lost a day, you lost the pay, you lost a contributing to the pension, and we have to keep that is a is a is a dynamo uh dynamo effect. When you don't contribute, they, they, when they wake up, they already texting the supervisor. You over? This is bull. So Listen, I can't stand <laughs> that. I cannot stand that. So that's why you know when I see that happening, when I go to centers and I see. I, I look at them and I said, listen, dude, you are a top pay. This is your your this is what you're gonna make for eight hours. And let's say you make two hour overtime. You're you're throwing away four hundred dollars for the day. And then not only are you throwing the four hundred dollars for the day, you're letting the company not continue they they're okay with that. They're okay if they've sent ten people home. Across the local, I guarantee you, if you do all code twenty six from each in each individual center, you're gonna have about a hundred to hundred and fifty drivers that go home on code twenty six daily, daily or maybe more. And this has got to stop. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, speaking of that and, and making that stop, uh, you know, Greg Kerwitz started that page on. Um, on um, uh, trying to, you know, for people that have contract ideas. Uh, it's like um, uh, a page that he created for anybody that works with the company that's that's looking to come up with new, with new contract um, ideas, ways to change the articles, some of the wording that would benefit us as members. And uh, now that you're speaking about this, one of the things that I found that was uh, that was really good while I was reading one of Dave Carew's uh, threads where he was asking 804 members to uh, to 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 participate was um, <laughs> basically more penalties, more penalties on on those people that uh, just they got to be some kind of penalty on people that are just trying to go home or people that want to work their vacations or or 
you know, uh, just people that are doing things wrong. More penalties on the company themselves for violating the contract. We need stronger fines, stronger penalties to make sure that they stop doing this. Uh, I, I think it was really good. Um, yeah, Greg, if you could send the link onto the, I, I don't know if he can, but if you can send the link of that Facebook page onto our group chat so the other members can join in would be great because I've been reading through the page. I haven't really participated, but I've been reading some really good information there. Guys are coming up and, and some of the, uh, some of the men and women have coming up with some really good ideas. Uh, you guys should definitely check it out. Um, like Patrick says, penalties for seniority violations, huge, you, more, and more monetary grievances. Uh, not not just supervisors working, and not just nine five, but yeah, like stronger nine five language and and uh, or stronger penalties. So all that stuff I think is is really important, and the stuff that we should really consider going into negotiations coming up because we really have a chance here to make a change. It's not going to be if Sean O'Brien and these guys get elected, it's not going to be the same as before because of the way they've all been. And that's from Sean O'Brien down Juan Campos, Matt Taby, Vinnie Perone. They've all been saying that, you know, they're, they're tired of the bullshit. There's tons of money in our strike fund. If the company does not want to sit down with us, does not want to negotiate and be fair, then this is what's going to happen. So I think now is the time. Strike while the iron's hot. Uh, you got you got Amazon on their toes. They already got people uh, uh, voting out there in Alabama to go on uh, to not to go on strike, but to vote for unionization. Uh, hopefully, more companies are going to unionize from Amazon. More buildings, more more. You know, the whole Amazon thing is going to happen. They're going to get unionized eventually. I hope uh, in the near future. It's going to be a few years before everybody gets done. But I think I believe it's going to happen. And um, I, yeah, this this is a good page for you guys to go to and start. Start getting it, getting the uh, information. Greg Kerwood says, open to any Teamster actively working at UPS. So, yep, and he's got it up, HTTPS, uh, www.facebook.com groups. And it's up there for you guys to check it out. Thank you, Mr. Kerwood. And, uh, yeah, and exactly, Joan, hit them in the wallet. That's well, what we need. <clears throat> J-Dubs, we need some kind of wildcat language to repeat violations. I'm glad you mentioned that, well, J-Dubs. hello. Because there was just an NR... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. I heard Hector. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, when I was a shop steward, what I used to do is when a guy used to go home on cold 26, I never let the company put it down as cold 26. I used to go and tell them, Put that in their bank account. Like whatever they have in their bank, a sick day, a fucking OPH, use that. Use those motherfucking days if he's going to go home. And the company like, no, he he decided he wanted to go. No, no, he didn't decide he wanted to go home. You decided to, that he wanted to go home because you told him there was no work for him. So you gave him the open door to go home. So either he comes to work and do the job at eight hours or you put a OPH or a sick day because this is what it's all about. You're not going to send them home at code 26 because you decide that you say you have no work available. So you gave him the opportunity to go home. He came to work. He gets eight hours. So either you pay him eight hours to go home or you put a OPH or a sick day. But you're not putting down a code 26 because if you do, I'm going to grieve guarantee eight because he showed up to work. Mm. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, question, guys. Uh, my question uh, is: Have you ever uh, all, with, with all, members that went home? That went home. Have you ever put in grievances for that? And how did that turn out? Just curious. I never put in the grievance. You know why? Because the company did what I asked them to do. 
I asked them to use when their days. Okay. Now, the time that they didn't have their days, I would put in a, a grievance, and I did. I didn't put a grievance because they start. They decided to stay. Okay, because I told them okay. this: you have no days. You have no. You, you got to stay. Okay, and then I explained. So like, wait, wait, wait! So I don't. So I don't. And I don't doing that. Wait a minute! Wait. Stewart put it. All right, I got to tell them all because they can't hear me. So they're gonna hear me now. So I never gave them the opportunity to tell them. Listen, you got the right to go home. No, I. What I tell them is, I put out a piece of paper and I write down how much they make an hour. How many hours, if they do an hour overtime or two hours overtime, this is how much you're not going to see in your check in the following week, okay? It's going to be zero because you're not contributing. Then the company's not contributing to the pension because you're not at work. So my advice to them is to if you, unless you have something to do at home that is an emergency, then you, I, I got it. Your roof is falling down and you need to be there. I got it. Go. No problem. But if you don't have anything to do, stay at work and make this money. Listen, okay. real quick, at the Lewis Nito 86, does the company contribute to pension when members are code 05? Yes. That's, that's yes, as long as it's their first eight hours on regular time. It, it doesn't matter what code. As long as they're there. They're only using the 05 if they work less than eight hours. They're trying to pay them actual and see if they're going to actually fight for their actual. Right. Yeah. So uh, and now concerning, go ahead. Sorry, Heck. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Now concerning the, uh, I like what Jay Dubs posted. He said we need some kind of wildcat language for uh, repeat violations, and and I think what he means is that when there's constantly that many violations, it, it comes to the point where the members get frustrated, and we should have the right to walk. When it comes to a certain point, and you're violated so much, and the company is not following the contract, and we have to wait for authorization from the IBT to strike, I don't think it's fair. So our brother Rob Atkinson, who I love to watch his NLRB watch uh, on, he's also got a Facebook page called NLRB Watch, which is very informative. He talks about a decision that was just made in the NLRB, and you guys would love to listen to this, on uh, February 2nd in 2021, last week, an, L an NLRB panel issued a decision in the case of Noah's Ark Processors, LLC. The decision addresses a number of important labor law issues. Most importantly, the decision reinforces protections for employees who go on a strike on their own without authorization from their unions. There are known as wildcat strikes. Typically, the NLRA doesn't uh, protect employees who engage in wildcat strikes, but exemptions exist. And the NLRB applied one here. In this case, a group of 10 employees stopped working to protest wage disparities between senior employees and new hires. The aim of the strike was generally consistent with the union's position on wage issues at the bargaining table. A labor contract with a no-strike provision had expired two months earlier. The NLRB noted that the union did not expressly authorize the strike, but a union steward explained the group's actions to management, and the union subsequently processed a grievance on behalf of the terminated strikers. On these facts, the NRRB held the employees had engaged in protect and protected activity. Thus, the employees' termination of the striking employees was unlawful. The wildcat strike portion of the opinion was not unanimous. The member, Emmanuel dissenting, he argued that there was no evidence that the union supported the work stoppage. Rather, he would have found that the employees who engaged the work stoppage were, pre were uh, presenting their own demands, not the union's. Accordingly, was there was there was no protected 
protection, concerted activity, and the terminations of the striking employees was lawful. The decision also found a number of unfair labor practices by the employer. All three panel members agreed that the employer committed unfair labor practices when it unilaterally increased wages of by 15 cents per hour while a collective bargaining agreement was still in effect. Anyway, it goes on and on, but I think you guys get the gist of it, that uh, it was a group of 10 people that struck unauthorized from the union based on their own behalf. They all got terminated and they all got their jobs back. So I, I feel like that was an important decision there, even though it was just 10 employees. Imagine us and the company we work for, if enough people get together and uh, decided, hey, you know what? We'd have enough. We'd had, we've had enough. Uh, these violations haven't stopped. You guys continue to violate the contract on an every freaking day basis. And not just one member. We're talking thousands of members from our state to across across the country to other states. Um, I mean, when do we decide it's it's time for us to to step out there and you know maybe blow up a rat? You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, I also I want to comment on that 05 uh, code. That 05 code shouldn't even exist when it becomes a full time. A uh, 05 code. The only time they could use an 05 code is for actual time when you pull a sick low that's the only time they can use that 05 anything else is yeah. guaranteed eight hours no matter what so the 05 06 is only going to tell you the difference between an eight hour low and a not eight hour low but you still as your shop steward looks at these stuff at the recap he's going to see a 05 the next day and when he sees that 05 the first thing he's going to go is to the management and say to the management you got to pay this guy eight hours. So the 05, who gives a fuck about that? I don't give a fuck. I, when I look at the recaps and I see anybody with an 05, even if you go to the member and the member goes to you and say, no, no, I needed to go home. You know, and I, I, that's not my problem. This is a union shop. You got to go by what the fuck the union is. The union says eight hours guarantee. You're going to get paid. I was there. No, no, don't make it a big thing. You know, I don't want no problem. You ain't going to have problem. The contract says you work. Eight hours guarantee, simple as that. So 05, 06 doesn't mean anything. It still contributes to the pension. Sweet. Can I, can I go into another topic? Sure. Um, I'm not sure if you're, you're aware. I'm, I think Hector should be aware um, next week is, is, a big, is a big week for us. With the PBD arbitration, you know, where our PBD arbitration is coming up on February the 9th, 10th, and 11th, three days. So, I don't know if y'all, you were aware of that, Tony. I was uh, not aware of that. I did not know that was going down next week. Hector, do you have any uh, news on that? I don't have any news on it, but I know that it, there is. It's going to be, but it's going to, you know, the company always delays, delays, delays. When they know they have a, right. a, a situation that they might lose, they're going to postpone this, postpone that. They can't postpone this one, but I, I know for a fact that if if a decision is made, it ain't going to be done until like August of uh, this year. But, but it'll be good for our, ne our next week if, you know, hopefully... Oh, I, I we win. We're, we're wishing. Yeah, we're wishing. Yeah, we're wishing that that it goes through. The arbitrator sees our point of view of the PVDs. I think we have a great yeah. case as far as local eight hundred four has a great case, and a lot of locals from throughout the United States that are using PVDs are looking at us right now to see how the outcome comes from our from 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 our uh, judgment and uh, arbitration. 
So uh, we're wishing for the best. I think we got a great case. We got witnesses. They have witnesses. We have good, good, solid witnesses that were actually PVD. Uh, so we, we, we're we hoping to win this case. And, and if we do, it's going to be a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money. So I'm hoping. A lot of know, money. A lot of money. Uh, yeah. So I'm hoping. And you, and you know what? <laughs> Go ahead, Hurt. Good, I'm done. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, and and not only that, but if the if the company still continues to violate our contracts, because right now you we have that going to panel. Uh, you guys are hearing that case next week. You got the seniority violations going to 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 panel also, or being heard soon. I mean, this decision by the NRRB, it's 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 pretty cut and dry. Under this decision, strikes by employees may still be considered protected activity, even without express authorization from the union, and if even if they appear to be based wow. on employee, employee demands separate from the union, which is like us versus the IBT, employers will need to look beyond simple determination of whether the employees are acting with union authorization or support and instead look for employee efforts to bypass their union or deal directly with the employer. Employers should therefore carefully review the situation before taking adverse action against employees engaged in a wildcat strike. So that's a pretty big decision. I mean, again, it only had to do with 10 employees, but... Uh, it's a big decision for just 10 employees. Imagine it on a grander scale. We're talking about wildcat strikes, guys. That's what we're talking about here. So I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm the just, company's got to watch their heinies, if you know what I mean. I'm just lucky I don't have the throne because I would have been, I would have fucking went on strike for just for the PVD shit. I mean, uh, just for the, P, the PBE, actually, because this company is lacked of everything as far as PPE. Um, I went to a building the other night and it was disgusting. I mean, trash all over the fucking place. You know, they, they're saying that they're doing the right thing by the employees by, you know, having, uh, the buildings clean, uh, having disinfected. This is, that's bullshit. And another thing that I'm pissed off about that, you know, the news is saying they, they ready to, uh, vaccinate the, the, the cab drivers and Ubers. What, what about us? What about the UPS, you know, people? We, we're more we're more at risk out there with this uh coronavirus i why i don't know why are they skipping us we're at risk every day yeah absolutely not not just us though it's us our families that we go home to uh the people we know our friends everybody's uh everybody's uh susceptible to it um and and that's another thing that the guys should go on that page uh, uh, the brothers and sisters should check out that page and there should be some conversation in the contract now discussing being an essential worker, getting paid a type of hazard pay and, and, or getting something, something in return for, for being out there and being the, the soldiers against this, uh, this back, this, uh, virus that we're at war with basically. Not only that, they, they, the companies is, is, is putting out there the profits, what profits they had. Hmm. Nine point six billion dollars in profit. So why don't you take the fucking six nine point six billion dollars and talk to the government and get the workers vaccinated? You know, to get this fucking this this this. I just don't understand how this fucking company that they want to impress the fucking investors that that we do the hardest fucking work. We out there. We giving we we're we're actually you know uh, shipping the the vaccine. 
and and and, and they can't even take from the nine point six billion dollars and work without with with the fucking government to get us with the shot. I don't I don't I don't get it, man. Well, I tell you what, the good thing is we have a strong union, and especially with you guys, heck, and uh, and I hear that uh, Josh is working diligently trying to get us those vaccines. Uh, and he's getting uh, he's getting some serious serious uh, leg uh, you know uh, momentum on it. Uh, I believe they're even talking maybe uh, having like mobile units over at the buildings eventually. Yes, yes. Again, it's, it's they they are he is doing that, but you know yes. they yesing him they to death. Company. It, you know they yesing him to death right now because right. he's trying as as you know as a director of operations at local 804 he's do, he's going beyond he's doing beyond what he's supposed to be doing he's talking to the news he's talking to the state he's talking to everyone he's putting in a plan that to try to get everyone back i mean a lot of you you don't have to do it if you don't want to but you know he's trying to get the members back you know get that covid-19 vaccination just just for us He's, he's working with the New York State. He's working with uh, Mario Cuomo. He's working with uh, the company. And and I don't understand. The company has $9.6 billion that they made in profit. It's throw a fucking bone. Throw a fucking bone to the workers that is out there doing this fucking job and risking themselves and their families to do this job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. It's about time we get some kind of reward for the amount of work that we do. And you're and you're right, heck, when you talk about this job being it's a physically demanding, it's probably one of the most physically demanding jobs there are. And at that time of year, when it's really cold out and the snow is on the ground, is when we get hit the hardest. That's our peak season. When that weather's coming, that those Christmas weeks, those November weeks. I mean, and you're out there in the cold, you're out there battling not just the cold, not just the elements, you're battling now a virus that's out there killing people that has killed almost 500,000 people. I don't think people realize how, how many, when you say that out loud to yourself, 500,000, almost 500,000 people dead from this virus. I mean, come on, you know, people have lost family members friends it, it, it is it is it is really 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 disheartening when you work for a company and you expect to be you know at, at least treated with some kind of dignity some kind of respect you, you know you're out there on the front lines bringing people their essential items and of course non-essential items and and we're not even being you know there's no reciprocation there's no there's no what are we getting i know we get a paycheck yes that's fine we we appreciate the paycheck we appreciate the benefits but how about a little something more than that because it's not just our doing our normal job on a day-to-day -day basis anymore no we are working in a serious pandemic now it's it's scary we're out there putting our lives our families lives in danger show us something exactly and the thing is this is this man you know these these this fucking company gets away with fucking murder. I I I tell you this because the the fact I hate these motherfuckers. I hate management. I don't give a fuck if they're listening. I hate you motherfuckers. That's why I'm I'm at the point that I'm here, and I that's why I go into those offices and I don't give a fuck. I tell you go fuck yourself, and I tell you proudly because you do go fuck yourself because the way you fuck the members I don't like, and this is the this is a a, a fuck you to the members also. You know. So deliver the packages, make sure we, we impress the fucking investors, but 
I'm not gonna fight for you to get that vaccination. You know, bullshit, man. These, I, yo, you know what? I can go on with this shit, but if it was me, yeah, if, I was ho- if I was Hoffa, if I was Hoffa, <laughs> I tell oh everybody, get, I tell oh everybody, I tell everybody, get the <laughs> fuck out of the fucking facilities and earn your fucking respect to the membership before we go back to fucking work. I don't know, 100%. If, if I'm Hoffa, if I'm Hoffa, the first thing I say to myself is, you know what? We're striking. And you know why I say that? Because of safety. The one thing that I know for a fact is that there is one thing that we could say to them, we're not doing it, and that if it puts our lives in danger, correct? So it says it in the contract. If you feel it's unsafe, you don't have to do it, even if instructed. Even if it's instructed. So let's say 250,000 employees just decide, you know what? It's unsafe to go to work. The working conditions are unbearable. It feels unsafe. Let's all just decide we're not going to come in tomorrow. I'm not saying anybody should do this. I'm just, I'm not instructing anyone to, to do this. I'm just saying if we all 200 something plus. No, don't even say it. It was unsafe. You don't even, don't, e- yo, don't even say then, uh, and it. I'm but if I. Listen, and if I was Hoffa and I care so much about my members, my 1.4 million members, I would tell the company, either you fucking take care of my members, my members, the 1.4 million that are paying my salary, if you don't take care of them, then I'm going to fucking stop it. You ain't going to get That's shit right. to your investors until my members are fucking taken care of. That's if I was Hoffa, but obvious Hoffa's not going to do that. Exactly. If I'm Hoffa, I'm like, that's it. We are doing it. We're out on the street until we are compensated, until my members are compensated for the work that they're doing, until my members feel it's safe to come into your facility until my members see that there is actual social distancing on the sword house, on the preload, on the lines, until my members see there is some kind of uh, um, security measures where there's temperatures being taken at the gates, masks being put on, until my members see all this and this is actually in effect, then my members are going to be out on the street and guess what? Good luck trying to get your uh, your packages to where they have to go. And then but that's just if I was Hoffa. Right. <laughs> if I was Hoffa, <laughs> if I was Hoffa, I would say you take that. You, if if I was Hoffa, I would tell them. If I'm Hoffa, I'm going to ask you uh, when when is the next general general membership meeting and what's going on at the next general membership meeting. That's what you're asking if you have a Yeah, if I'm half. Come on. Come on. That's a week. That's a, this is more like if I hit the lotto, what would I do? Come on, Jamie. That's what you got for us? Freaking what's going on in the Judge General Membership meeting? Another, another, uh, another dumb question. Does anybody for... in the chat, does anybody in the chat, if you were half what would you do right now? Anybody in the chat, write it up. I want to hear what you people got to say. Another Go dumb ahead, question. Head. Another dumb question from the guy with all the questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, new segment. If I was Hoffa, that's right, Dave Peru. This is our new new segment. If I was Hoffa, what would what would I do? Let me see. Well, you know, you guys, come on. Let's see what you guys got. If I was Hoffa, I look for my balls. You got an applause for that. Yeah. 
He'll look for his balls. He's right about that <laughs> shit. You got no balls. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Dave Crew, if I was Hoffa, I'd fire Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> that's another good mean, one. That's a mean guy. You're fired, Jamie. Damn, that's a mean guy. Uh, Greg Kerwood, if I was Hoffa, I'd resign and put a teamster in charge. <laughs> you put change, but I know you meant in charge. Good one, Greg. Put a real teamster in yeah. charge. That's right. All right. Hey, hey, hey. You know what I wanted to ask you? Yeah, can you can you explain your your football your football thing? I, I'm I'm confused. Okay, real quick for anybody who's ever done a Super Bowl box, this is where I just want to read calls real quick. If I was Hoffa, I would do the right thing and step the fuck down and give the union to someone who can do the job. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna keep reading those if you guys keep putting them up. If I was Hoffa, I'd resign and put. Fuck, Greg beat me to it. <laughs> okay, Greg, you already beat it to it. So, yeah, if, if anybody got a Super Bowl box and was doing the donations, um, uh, it, it's really simple. There's numbers. I sent everybody. There's numbers on the left side. That's for Kansas City Chiefs. And there's numbers on the top, which is the Tampa Bay Bucks. Mm -hmm. So, as you can see, you look for your box number in the middle, right? Whichever one you pick, Jamie, whether it was 89, 57, or whatever. So at halftime, since we're only doing the halftime and the final score, look at your number on the left and your number on the right. If Let's say the number on the left is seven and the number on the right uh, and, and the number on the top is four mm -hmm. then you would need tampa to have scored like a 14 and for the chiefs to have scored a one touchdown which would be a seven and if a seven and 14 is after halftime boom you just won 400 bucks that's how so, it works. so if the so number is seven number. and four you need seven and because if tampa right. is seven and no and kansas city is four no you don't win it has to be the the seven would be just for the tamp for the the four the four would be just for the Tampa side and the one on the left would just be for the Kansas City side. So it has to be those two numbers. That that, that team has to score. If if Tampa Bay is seven, you have to Tampa Bay will have to have seven. Why don't you go have a a one on one? How to do a football pool with Jamie? Why are you doing it on the air? Because people people were asking. That's why people were asking. That's why I was doing. So it everybody so everybody because I'm I'm lost too. We always uh, so we got uh, our brother, uh, our, our, our brother from Gemini and Totrick say, Jamie doesn't know how a pool works. Yeah, unfortunately, he doesn't. There's a lot of people that don't, in, in his defense. Really, I have my own way to Wait, wait, I want to read this one. If I was Hoffa, I'll look in the mirror and say, what would my dad do? Ooh, good one, Dubs. <laughs> So, so, yeah, Jamie, it's basically the number on the left and the number up top. So, again, the Tampa number would be on the top, the Kansas City number on the left, whichever one it is that your box falls under, right? So, let's say you get – let's say your numbers are 0-0. Zero, zero. Then if nobody scores through the halftime and the number is still 0-0 zero, zero at half, you get 400 bucks. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Oh. So, it, it's kind of like – it's it's you just got to and it's always the second number. So if you get uh let's say uh an eight on the top, which is Tampa Bay, and let's say you get a four on the Kansas City side, then if they score, let's say the final is twenty eight fourteen, then you just won six hundred bucks. So uh, uh, Dave wrote, if I was Hoffa, I explain football to Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Oh, these are good ones. This is going to be a new segment. Uh, you heard, Hector? I like it. If I was Hoffa, what would I do if I was Hoffa? Uh, Teamsters Women's United. Should we explain how reverse works also? Well, reverse, yeah. I, I mean, we're, we're not doing a reverse on ours, but uh, as she's, as, as the, the, the lovely lady from Teamsters Women's United states, there's some pools have it where you're winning at that quarter, at the half, at the third quarter, and then at the final, and then they have a reverse. So, you know, it gets a little tricky. I don't want to, I don't want to confuse Jamie, um, <laughs> the lovely ladies from Teachers Women United. We're going to, we're not going to try to confuse them too bad. Ours is pretty simple. It's just a half and a final and that's it. So, <clears throat> and, and, and I want to thank all the participants. I want to thank all the participants from all the buildings. We put these Super Bowl pools in all the buildings and we got a pretty good feedback on it and we generated some pretty good money for the campaign. Uh, for our brother and our principal officer and our leader, Vincent Perone. So we want to thank you on his behalf, and we thank you guys uh, from Local 804 for all that participated. I don't know how many things are going on around the country, Greg. I don't know if you guys did something similar for Sean or if the brothers of Gemini and Tow Truck out there in California did anything similar. But uh, <laughs> don't want to confuse Jamie. Too late. <laughs> Dean, be nice, Dean. <laughs> hey, Tony, don't hurt Jamie's head. <laughs> I'm sure his ears are smoking already. <laughs> so um, does anybody else have any uh, any good news so, for so us? The next, the next general membership meeting is, is the 28th for this month, right? Isn't that where we the delicate nominations for our local? That's that's a good one. I honestly think they they were there was updates to that. Uh, let's see where and I. You have to it. register. You have to register for the meeting on our our local union website. That's correct. So that way you, yes. you can be a that part of it. You, you have to register. If you're you, a shop steward. Go ahead. Go ahead. You have to so, register yeah. online on uh, to the union hall to get onto that Zoom uh, meeting. Uh, also, if you're going to be a candidate for the election, you have to submit. Everything's out in all the buildings. So you, we even send it to your mail. So uh, the, the crazy part is that we send a lot of mailers out and we got a lot of mailers back. So you got to correct your address at, at the Union Hall. If you if you moved within the past 12 months, you got to call up the hall and change your at your address because we're getting stuff back. Even newsletters, we're getting stuff back. And, you know, it's, it's your job to call up the union hall when you buy a, a mansion. So, you know, just call. It <laughs> takes two seconds. You know, when you went from the projects to the mansion, you got to you got to change that address. So. Yeah. And, and, and Hector's being polite when he says, I mean, I saw the stack. There's a huge a stack of papers going back to the hall. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, you know, you people really have to change your address. Please get your your, your, your information incorrectly because that's a lot of the delegate uh, information had gone out. And a lot of people didn't receive it because they went back to the hall. And, well, you got to call, call and correct your address with the union hall. Yes. You have to call and correct your address with health and welfare. And you have to call and correct your address with the credit union no. if you're a part of them. You know you what? You know each one separately. Don't just stand you know when because you call the union hall. 
it's going to change with all of them. I'll tell you when they're going to call each one separately. I'll tell you when. I'll tell you when they're going to call to correct it. They go to the doctor. Oh. Ah, you don't have medical because you don't. Oh, let me call the medical. Hey, I don't have medical. Why? I pay union dues. Uh, yeah, but you didn't change your address and you didn't get the form that you was supposed to fill out. So that's when we get to know. And this is this is this is so crazy. If you move, call the union. Hall. It takes two seconds out of a stressful day when you go to the doctor or your wife go to the doctor and the di- the medicals is it's not because you didn't fill out this form. So it's it's less stressful if you just call up for five seconds of your time to change your address. It takes five seconds versus you go to the doctor and get frustrated that you pay these union dues and I don't want why I get medical and this and that. Why my medical shut down? This and that. It's it's less stressful if you just call the union hall and say I changed my address. I moved. I bought a bigger house. That's it. Simple as that. Or or you're gonna have to put up a post. These fucking idiots. They want our union dues. <laughs> no, then not. It, yo, dude, it's just, it's just. It, this is reality in local way form. I'm just saying, you know, you, you you come to the BA and say, yo, why the fuck I, you know, why the fuck this, why the fuck that, and then you find out it's it's a simple thing. It's one something simple that he overlooked, and 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 he, instead of getting frustrated at at the whole world. If he would have just took one f- minute of his time, of his day, five minutes of his day to call the hall and and fill out the paperwork that never got to him because he moved from another from one house to another house, he, the frustration would have been limited. But this is what we get. You know, the the health and welfare is hard at work upstairs. We have 18 people working upstairs. They're working in two different uh, sex, uh, shifts because of the fact is because of the COVID and the CDC guidelines. So six of them come to work on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The other two, you know, just they break it up into sections. So there's always someone there, and there's always the mem- that member that comes up to the BA or the shop store and says, "Why the fuck I pay union dues because I'm not I don't have medical." You don't have medical because they send the paperwork to your house that you lived back back in old, you know, in 2018. So take your time, five seconds out of your minute out of your day. Call the union hall, make sure your address is correct because those letters coming back like that, it's it's it's, it's a it's a red flag. Yeah. All right. It's ridiculous. All right. And for those that were listening, yes, the general membership meeting is the 28th. And it won't be at the hall, uh, Dave Peru and everybody else. It will be on Zoom, as they said, register on our, our uh, TeamsesLocal804.org. Also, the stewards, for all the stewards, the uh, steward meeting will be February 20th. You know we always do it that Saturday before that week. It would be the same. Register, get in there, and prepare for that meeting. And these meetings are going to be very important. As you know, Hector, we will be talking about the delegate. And as uh, Gemini and Totrix say, delegate elections across the country are happening. Vote, vote, vote for whatever uh, whatever members you want. These delegates are important. They are going to be making decisions at the convention this year, which will also be via Zoom. And it's very important to have the right people in place 
to make those decisions to to uh to hopefully you know sway our votes in the right direction for our membership so pay attention to that everybody <clears throat> and yes. uh, six, six two three ballots i believe is going on next week well snap over there, six, two, three. going down Joni lane and uh yes uh dave crew mentions that we're going to be doing uh march madness as well we're going to be uh that's going to be also some small donations that we're looking to make towards the uh campaign for our for our president of uh, any peronis trustee on the sean o'brien slate on teamsters united so we will be doing the march madness for the basketball college basketball as well don't, don't tell me it's one of those box things again oh my god similar it's similar <laughs> yeah. i can't i can't do it i can't do it listen you can do it you just gotta tell me what you want to donate give me the money i'll put it in for you and if you win i'll let you know oh okay okay don't don't, don't, don't send me nothing just just take the money that's it hold on hold on jamie i gotta i gotta i gotta I got something for you, Jamie. Go ahead, Hex. Toto? I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like someone's building don't Legos in the background. Yeah, don't... What about part-timers? That are, that are liquid. What does Joni Lane say? What about part-timers that are liquid? I don't know if she's what talking that about mean? the... Uh, <clears throat> Well, so let me let me just uh, run down uh, this campaign with uh, Vinnie Perone as president of Local 804 and going in as a trustee uh, with the Sean O'Brien uh, slate. Uh, he's not leaving the, to be a trustee at the IBT. He's going to still be the president of the Local 804. It's going to be another job. Uh, he's going to have a, be a trustee, and the only time he has to go to the IBT to Washington is four times out of the year with the trustee, uh, unless they have emergency meetings that he has to make uh, calls with. It's 100% benefit for him to be in that eye slate with 804 here. Because Vinny, you know, he's he he we we have our hands tied right now with this Hoffa guy, you know. Whenever we put a, a, the company on notice, you know, they they'll call from Washington and say, you know, you can't really just grieve it, just just go on with the grievance. And it's frustration. It's a lot of frustration as far as us at the hall and and with the membership, you know, because we we want to do right by the membership and we have this fucking handcuff behind us because of this Hoffa because everything that we do if we're going to put the uh, company in notice we got to let them know we put in on the notice and then they'll call us back and say you know you just go through the grievance procedures and the grievance procedures sucks with them in office in the IBT because they always say grieve it take it to the national and what happens at the national nothing nothing's being done and it's frustration from our from our point from and in the members is it's a lot of frustration why a lot of contract violations is not being looked at and looked over because it's ibt the way they have us on lockdown and having uh someone from 804 and someone from 705 someone from 25 um in there to to uh to make this decision when the company, I guarantee you, the company will you will start acting as they're supposed to, and and make sure they honor the contract. Absolutely, uh, Greg Kerwood says, Hector, if I was Hoffa, I untie your locals' hands. 
<laughs> Another uh, if I was Hoffa. All right. Any, anybody else with an if I was Hoffa? I love hearing those. Those are awesome. <laughs> All right. So that it is. That's the news. That's what I thought, I guess. I guess he said it was another radio show. Like I say, if I was Hoffa. I mean, if I was Hoffa, I guarantee you uh, I'll take care of the members. I'll be fucked at. Either you take care of the members, get those vaccine, uh, vaccinated to all the freaking members that are doing that job, or uh, we're not coming to work, motherfuckers. That is, if I was Hoffa. If I was Hoffa. If I was Hoffa, if I was Hoffa, back when we had the last contract, we would have been on strike. If I was Hoffa, we would have struck already, and we'd be having kicking their ass. And then by the time this pandemic came, there would be no bullshit if I was Hoffa. Jamie, don't even say nothing because I already know you guys are going to be like, if I was Hoffa, I'd go to the next general membership meeting. <laughs> and if I was Hoffa, Jamie... Hoffa, I would make sure there was a mobile unit if anybody wanted a vaccination, they would have a vaccination. Now, I wouldn't make it mandatory, but if you wanted it, it'd be at every facility. If I was Hoffa, I'd be demanding that from the company. So what else is good? What's going on? Any rumors? Rumors? Uh, rumor has it in Local 804. Hold on, because uh, if you do, hold on, I got to start this. Here it goes. Some time to get away. So any rumors going around Local 804? The latest rumor was Jamie put it up about the PVDs. Yeah. What was that rumor, uh, Jamie? That was a bad. They're, they're not going to hire any more, well, no more RPs, no more drivers at all. RPCDR 22-4s, they're only going to start hiring PVDs. And, uh, that was the rumor. That definitely was a rumor because that's not in the works. That's not, believe me, before they do that, they have to do a chain of operation with the executive board. And we haven't heard any of that. And I don't know who was spreading that rumor, but that is a fucking rumor, a laughing rumor at that. Yeah, only hiring PVDs. Like, come on, man. Seriously? Yeah, yeah no. That's, uh, that's a, not going to happen. Exactly. But, I, but I hear um. What's that, though? The CEO, I hear her talking about, I see that she put up, or she was on a radio show or something, and she's talking about less, what was that, less hiring and more something, and more, more, or more, less hiring, but more in a certain type of position. She was, I put it up on Facebook, I copied it. I forgot what she said, but I wanted to, I guess she was only talking about like management position. Like she's not gonna hire so many more in management position. I don't think it had anything to do with. She already like, cut. She members. She already cut a bunch of management. All right, HR. Now she's going after LP. You know she's doing everything as far as management. But remember, those motherfuckers don't deliver to the customers. We do. They need us out there they need the volume they need the members they need us to keep those investors happy if she can't keep those investors happy she won't have a job before the year's over so she's got to keep those investors happy and the only ones that keep that those investors happy is us 
is us, the package drivers, the part-timers that run this fucking company. Uh, well, well here, here's, an, here's, an, here's another rumor is that she's going to be cut. I don't know what, what the positions are, but the people that put the information into the computer, the ed, and our ed systems, or the Orient and some other areas, that eventually they're going to be, be cut or moved to something else, and the computers is just going to be doing it. Or the manager, well, I guess they guess put what? a certain number of what they want. Guess what? Each route or whatever to get, and the computers just flip it or do whatever. So guess that's what? The rumor. Guess what, Jamie? Who gives a fuck what happens to management? <laughs> I don't give a fuck if they fucking uh, uh, looking at a computer. I don't give a fuck what they do with them. I don't give. A, I really don't give a fuck because the same way they don't. I don't give a fuck about them. It's the same way they don't give a fuck about us. All they want to do is get that those fucking numbers out there to impress those investors. So I don't give a fuck what they do to them. Duck Tato Four came out with a new uh, a segue. If I was the company CEO, I would blank. What would you do if you were the if you were what's her name Maria Tomei or what, what's what's her name something Tomei the the new CEO? Uh, I can't remember. I will go if I was the CEO of the UBS the, the lady as there, I will go do a makeover. Yeah. would spend a lot of the profits on helping my employees be happier and and make sure they're treated with more dignity and respect. The thing is, I, I would the thing is, Carol, make sure Carol told me, right? Yeah, Carol, something, told Carol something like that. Well, 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 oh, Carol, yes, Carol. So if I'm Carol Tomei, if I was the CEO, I would, hmm, I would make sure I upgrade some of the facilities and make sure they were safe. Air conditioning and heat for all inside employees, <laughs> for one. Uh, if you was Carol and, and you had that voice, is freezing their asses off. If you was Carol and had that voice, I would run the other way. <laughs> Hi, I'm the Mister Man. <laughs> so what about uh, this, this last Monday when the snowstorm started? I see that. This, I don't know if I don't know if it's been fixed for people, but I see that there. Some people came to work and they're trying to pay them time only. It's been fixed. Coming to work that Monday, last Monday. As, as far as my building and as far as every other building that uh, the BAs, they fixed, they fixed it because I we were going to grieve, guarantee eight hours. You came into work. If you work two hours, three hours, I don't. we don't give a fuck. The contract states you came into work, you get eight hours guarantee. Whatever what the company did fix it as far as the Bronx and Mount Vernon and wherever and Queens North that I deal with, uh, they fixed the eight hours guarantee. Okay, that's good. I, I want to send some um, some thoughts, some hearts, and some prayers over to uh, the family of a young driver that passed away in California. I'm pretty sure uh, maybe. Dean Dawes knows probably a little more than I do. And Pixley, California, a 25-year-old UPS driver was was killed in an accident. Um, uh, what do we have here? Do they have his name? They have the kid's name. I don't see the kid's name. Uh, oh yeah, the authorities have identified him as Raylan Elzey of Visalia. 
He apparently the California Highway Patrol says the collision happened around 3.30 p.m. Uh, two days ago, I believe. Uh, Dean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you've heard about it. Uh, it's pretty sad. You know, uh, yep. Uh, apparently he wasn't wearing his seatbelt or something. And um, the vehicle continued on without him in it. In his personal vehicle? No, no. I don't know if he was... Was he his personal vehicle? No, I think he was driving... He combated the scene. The other drivers remained at the site crash. No alcohol drugs have appeared as a factor. Uh, I don't see much more information on it. Let me see if I could dig something more up. <clears throat> but either way, listen, the kid, the, he was a young kid. He uh, was... Uh, Why you stop talking? Because I want to listen to the song. It always makes me feel good. Alright, Antoine Antoine from Brooklyn. Antoine from Brooklyn is calling. Alright. Call up Antoine Andrews. Antoine Andrews, welcome to the show, brother. How's it going there, Father Andrews? Good, good afternoon, guys. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. While you're on, Antoine, can you speak about um Giovanni Livia too about the Hope Mo to donate to his GoFundMe? Yeah, sure. Before I, yeah. yeah, before I speak about that, I don't want to derail. I know you guys were talking about the um member out in California. He wasn't sure if it happened on a job, but I was reading an article, and unfortunately, it, it's an unfortunate situation. <laughs> so, like you said, Ro, our hearts and prayers goes out to that family. Let let us keep it up them in our thoughts and prayers. Yes, he was on a job. And apparently he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. So um, oh, yes. a, this is, again, another somber, you know, situation where, you know, we remember the importance of, you know, our safety and not taking shortcuts out there on the road. You know, not wearing your seatbelt properly, clicking your seatbelt behind you to try and manipulate the system. But all you're doing is putting yourself in a, in a bad spot. So you know, let us, you know, remember his family and friends during this time. Yes, so, um, yeah. Jamie, to answer your question in regards to uh, Giovanni, yes, we still have that um, GoFundMe page going out there. So um, please, guys, if you can, you know, donate to this page. You know, this is a uh, son of uh, alternate shop steward out in Forster Avenue who is dealing with some challenging times with his health. So let us continue to do what we what we can do for another brother and uh, or sister, you know, build up his family, pray for them, and you know, do do our part as teams of brothers and sisters. Yes, sir. All right. Do you have that information on hand by any chance? I don't have it on hand, but I would. What I can do, I can send it to you, Rose, so you can put it out there as well. I know it has been on Facebook a number of times, but I can. I'll look for it and I'll send it to you. All right, cool. Thank you, brother. And, yeah, no problem. Another thing I wanted to touch on. I don't know if you guys spoke about it earlier, but um, yeah. for the last couple of weeks, I, I've been in the office with members, and one reason that members are being summoned to the office is because you know, of infractions that are being observed when management is out there. And the biggest thing is guys leaving packages unattended, leaving it in the cab area while delivering in a building or 
whether it is walking up the block in the packages in a, in a cab area, um, leaving keys in bulkhead doors. I mean, it's to the point where, you know, management has the time to actually record the key in the bulkhead door and open up the bulkhead door and go in the back of the truck, close the door back. And the member had no idea that this happened. This is a big issue. And, you know, I encourage members to take heed when uh, stewards talk, you know, because we're not just, you know, providing this information just because we have a mouth and we want to talk, but because it's keeping them out of harm's way. So guys and girls out there, just know that the company is doing major observation because peak is over is a new season. Well, what I'm doing, I, I did that in, uh, what's up, Antoine? Uh, what I did in, in Mount Vernon, I did that. I did the observation check because, you know, I, they rather have me do the observation check. And what I found that management is looking for, and, and I, to correct the problem, I went out there myself, like I was management, looking at what they're looking for to correct the members to make sure that they don't get caught with this stuff. And you're right. They are putting those keys in the lot, in, in the lock, and they go and deliver. So what I did, I go into the truck, grab the key, put it in my pocket, and sit in my car and wait till they come out. And just watch them. And watch them. <laughs> and, and, and if I was to film <laughs> them and, and see how funny, how crazy they go, and like, yeah. holy shit, they look at every pocket. Every everywhere, where's the key? Oh shit! Oh shit! I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then I'll come up to the truck and say, right. "Listen, you looking for this?" He goes, "Yeah." Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I said, "If I was management, you would have been fired." So, believe, uh -huh. believe it or not, they're teaching that's them good. that yeah. when they're in training. Exactly. So that's good, though. So, so yeah, how do you stop that once you make the book? You know. Right. Well, so well, I mean, the way Hector did it, the way he teach them a lesson, that's for sure. Well, well, you know what, Ro? Unfortunately, I mean, we have to continue to inform the members. And Absolutely. All, all, all week, you know, for the last couple of weeks since peak has been over, I know that myself and other stewards has been putting this out there on whatever thread there is. WhatsApp in regards to not leaving packages unattended, not leaving keys in the bulkhead door, not not stopping at the restaurant on the way to the route before you do your next day is, you know, these are stuff that we put out there over and over and over and over and again. And still I'm busy in the office with these same infractions. So members have to take heed to what we're saying, because like Hector said, it will put you in a bad spot where you could possibly lose your job. You know, I remember there was a, um, a manager, Omar Caesar, he was LP back then. And, a guy left the key in the bulkhead door, I'm sorry, in the ignition. And what Omar Caesar did, he got in the truck and he drove the truck around the corner. So now the member came out like, where the hell is the truck? You know? So these are the things that management will do. And we have to do our jobs the right way and stop taking shortcuts. Yes, I think you said it, Ro, or Jamie. These are shortcuts that management knows about, you know? How the hell do you think a, a one member can do 200 and something stops and be punched out by 530? Because they're taking all of these shortcuts. Management knows about it. One o'clock. One o'clock, whatever the time, whatever it yeah. is, it's ridiculous. But in order to you know do that many amount of stops, they have to be taking shortcuts at every single stop. You know, whether I'll, it's I'll, give, I'll give you an example, Antoine. I, I, I was driving. And every time I'm driving, I see somebody do something wrong. So when I, as I pass them, I look to see who it is. And they know, oh, shucks, he's going to call me. 
So as I passed them, you know, when I get to my stop or whatever, when I get a chance, I'll call them and just ask them, why did you do that? I saw a member, I actually saw two members make a U-turn in a busy intersection on a narrow street. I said, what, what the hell are you doing? Well, when I was with the supervisor, he did it and he said, it's okay. I said, what? Right. I said, you see how, you see how many times you had to go backwards, forward, backwards for just to turn that big old truck mm -hmm. on that little road and it's a tuna and it's busy, 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 busy. I said, you crazy. Right. Listen, there's the no such is, is, is this. You're absolutely right. And the manager will say that he never told that member to do that, that whether it's that's exactly what I told him. And she commercial stop as a residential or take shortcuts while you're out on the road. Of course, the manager or, or supervisor would say to do these things because they're producing. They're getting the numbers that they want. Just like I told the building manager, Travaglia, you guys know that this is happening. But when they're ready to observe and, and put you on the spot for doing these things, you know, they're gonna, it's going to be on you. You know what's right and what's wrong. Don't put yourself in a position to do what's wrong. Listen, there's no such thing as shortcuts in this company. This is a multi-million dollar company that has every gadget they possibly can have to set you up. Okay, they have everything, technology, they have everything to set you up. There's no such thing as, as shortcuts. Do the job the way you was taught, methods and procedures, just because you think you're going to shorten out a couple of seconds of your day to get home a couple of seconds earlier than your day, it's, it's not worth it, okay? It's not worth it. Do the job the way they taught you to do the job. Simple as that. Well. Yeah, and that's, and that's why I tell people, at least, you have to at least do a, a mini pre because if that key, that backdoor key is not on that keychain, don't just think you don't have a backdoor key. It's in the back door. You got to check it. Mm -hmm. like, come on. I, I don't know. Just me, man. It's well, plenty of times I found a key know. in the back door. And like Jamie said, guys are out there doing outrageous things. And, you know, Hector, you're right. I mean, unfortunately, guys are coming up with all types of shortcuts to to get in early. You know, I don't know what the rush is to get in early every single day out of, you know, your entire. This is a career. This is not, you know, just a job. Why? You know, you're doing this every day to the point where you're going to end up jamming yourself up, losing the job or getting hurt. So, um. You know, it's unfortunate. This is what guys are doing every day. So, like I told Ro the other day, we, we were on a Zoom call. Education is a, is key. You know, we could talk until our face turned blue and, you know, get a little discouraged because members are not listening. But, you know, it's for the members to take heed and it's for us to, to continue to inform the members. Yeah. And as everyone says, we were on a Zoom meeting and we're looking to do another Zoom meeting with all the stewards and the alternates. Uh, and we're going to do it across classification. We're going to do part-time preload soups. I mean, I'm sorry, soups, you hear me? Part-time preload stewards, uh, full-time stewards inside, inside full-time stewards, uh, package car stewards, and uh, anybody who wants to get involved in, in the Forster Avenue facility that's listening, we'd be more than happy to have you on our Zoom meeting. We're, we're going to be handing out the information soon. Thank you for making that happen, Antoine. Uh, also, the, gun f the GoFundMe page for uh, for the son of the of Mr. Olivia. 
Uh, it's called Hulk Mode Activated. That's Hulk, like the Incredible Hulk. Hulk Mode Activated. Uh, the fundraiser is by Catherine Livia and Martina Wagner. They're organizing the fund on behalf of um, the family. So uh, please, they're, they're, they're trying to reach a goal. Help them get there. Any little bit counts. Again, the GoFundMe is Hulk Mode Activated. Help them out. Their son did have a brain tumor. It was 99% removed, but it was cancerous. And the poor child at a young age is going through some serious chemotherapy five days a week. The treatment is going to continue for this little, for this little boy. And uh, the parents can use all the help they can get. Um, so thank you so much for donating, uh, even if whatever you can, just help the family out. Thank uh, you, guys. Um, thank, also, thank you, Roll. Go ahead, go ahead, Axel. Go ahead, go ahead. No, they're yeah, up to about, about 31 grand right now. Right. And so they're, nice. they're trying to reach What's a goal. goal. The goal is 88,888. And the reason they chose that number is because, uh, eight is the kid's favorite number. And it's also like an infinity number where it just goes around and keeps meeting itself on the other end. So they, that was the reason why they went for that number, which is pretty cute. And uh, they're going through a lot right now. So, yeah, well, you know, while I'm on air, you know, I'm going to encourage everyone who's listening to, to, um, to contribute towards this. And this is a part of being our brother and sister's keepers. You know, we are family. And, um, you know, when people are going through difficult times, you know, it's up to us to step up and, you know, kind of like ease, ease the burden on the family. So I'm encouraging everyone to contribute towards this if you haven't already. Thank you. And, um, yes. You know, uh, one last thing. I know the show is about to close off. Um, you know, apathy is, is major within the union. And... You know, I was talking to Roe yesterday about this, and, you know, there are a lot of members who are uneducated, who don't even know that they're getting union dues taken out of their check, and if they do, they have no idea what it's about. So there's a lot of different areas on, you know, on, you know, members being uneducated, and that is a part of the reason why we want to have this building meeting and, you know, bring all classifications together because, you know, we want to educate the members. We want to them to understand, you know, what it is like to be in a union and for them to practice unionism. And, you know, the whole, the ultimate goal is to close that gap that is there, you know, because way too often part-timers feel like, you know, they're in a, in a corner, you know, so we want to close that gap and make everyone feel like they're a part of the union. And also the biggest thing, again, is to educate. That's right. And one of the biggest things that me and Antoine spoke about was the fact that we have to make sure the members know that we are trying to reach them in a different way. We're trying to let them know how important it is for us to stand by one another. With, All right. Like well, me and Hector. Go ahead, Hector. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I understand what you're trying to do, Antoine. But what is your strategy? Because... We are doing general, you know, general membership meetings and we have and before the, the pandemic, we, you know, we had a, a place to go to as general membership meeting. We have 7,800 members in local 804 out of the 7,800 two, maybe two and a half comes to these general membership meetings. So what is your strategy 
to get those members into the hall or into a Zoom meeting? Well, you know, Hector, this I get it. This is a very challenging thing to to get members involved. And I could add to the the fact that every election is only about a cap of what twenty nine hundred voting out of seven thousand members, yes. which is ridiculous. Um, you know, members. You know, we we have to do our part to get the members involved. You know, because at the end of the day, they're just they're lackadaisical. They, you know, a lot of selfish members. So all we can do is do our parts as stewards, as BAs, as the president, as active members, is to pull these members in. Like I said yesterday, even if we start one member at a time, you know, on our Zoom meeting uh, last week, we had about 89 members, you know, out of 50, I'm sorry, 500 drivers. And this was for package alone at that point. And, you know, to me, that's ridiculous. But what encouraged me is, you know, while I'm, you know, looking at different people on the screen, I see a 22-4 with a notepad taking notes. You know, so if we start with that one person, it will proliferate throughout, you know, the centers and throughout the building and throughout the local. So it's one member at a time. And so I got that. And I to the hall. And, and I got that, Antoine. And, and the funny thing is, which I won't mention any names, but I had a I had a member that you know was got in trouble. Fifteen years on the job, got in trouble. He, he got in trouble. And the first question I asked him, because now he's coming to the union, is how many membership meetings you have been to out of the fifteen years? Zero. Zero. How many times you voted? Zero. So now here we are where now we got to fight for your job because you didn't get involved with the union to learn exactly what you need to know to not get you to this situation. And this is right. the 15 year guy. And you know, yeah. even though my hear, first thing, it all, all too often. even though my way is, is the way is you listen, I'm going to fight for the member. If you, if you go to the union meetings or not, I'm going to fight 110%. That's simple as that. But, to hear a 15 guy, a 15 year guy that never been to a union meeting and never ever that is that that is crazy. That is uh, and yeah, about, that's a, about a, a guy with 20 something years, almost 30 years who have never been to a, um, a general membership meeting who has never voted. So, you know, speaking of which, you know, we as senior guys with me having about 20 something years, Ro having 20 something years, all of us on this line, we probably have up to like, you know, 80, 80 years or, or maybe 70 something years together. So at the end of the day, it, it's for us to lead by example. There was a young lady on that call, that Zoom call last week, who talked about the importance of having dignity and respect amongst ourselves as union members before we could expect it from the company you know if we're treating each other like shit of course the company is going to treat us like shit but what mm -hmm. she sees is that the older guys the veterans are you know treating the 22 fours like shit and you know they're taking shortcuts themselves so what kind of example are we setting so as senior guys as veterans we have to set the example for those who are coming in now and protect the job for the unborn so you know, I'm doing my part. I know everybody on this line is doing their part. I know a lot of people within the local 
and, and within this Teamster is um, doing their part. But we need more people to step we up need to, to do, do their more. part. I, I just don't understand. Me and Antoine were talking about that. Go ahead. I, I just don't understand. Listen, I, I started the job in 07. Okay. And ever since 07, I've been going to general membership meetings. Okay. In 07, I became a steward. After six months on the job, I became the steward. Okay. I started going to shop steward me. My passion was to not miss any general membership meeting all shops do because that was the information that i was getting that i needed to bring back to the membership this was my fault because what happened was the membership wasn't they was relying on me to come yep. that yep. monday mm -hmm. to have a floor meeting a, a parking lot meeting to give them the information because yep. they were lazy enough not to get up and go to that general membership meeting and get the information that i got yep. and then after a couple of meetings that i started doing that and i started realizing wait a minute i'm making it easy for them so now i'm going to stop making yep. it easy for them so if they come to me I won't do this parking lot meeting to give them the information. I will let them come to me and say, hey, what happened? And then I'll tell them, listen, if you were there, this is what happened. You should have you should have saw this, this, that. Mm -hmm. and, and then it got to me. I said, you know what? I can't leave these guys in the blind. So I have to have these parking lot meetings regardless if they go or not go. I'm going to give it to them the way I got it. And this is what we all need to do. Sometimes, uh, you know, you have shop stores that just give up. I know a lot of shops that just yeah. give up, that they tired of fucking telling the same. Don't give up because when you give up, you're giving up to that member that needs that information. That's it. You're absolutely right, Hector. And I see it all the time. Even when I'm trying to talk to an older member and I'm telling him, listen, you got to help me out here. You got to help me talk to these guys because I need your help. I need, I need, it can't be just me, you know? And the guy just turns around and says, listen, I got enough going on. I don't have no time for it. And it kills me. But I'll, I'll come at him a couple weeks later. I said, listen, can you at least do this and talk to this guy for me? I just won't give up. You can't give up. You got to constantly. It's it's like a uh, 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 constant work that's never done. Right? And if I was the. It's like working on your house. <laughs> your house, no matter how much you work on it, heck, it's, it's there's always something else to do. You always got to fix something. And if I was the so, bylaws. Look at it. And if I was the bylaws for Local 804, if I was the bylaws, you know, you know the bylaws, every local has a bylaw. But if I was right. the bylaw, that any shop steward that doesn't come to a shop steward meeting in three times out of the six times that we go to these meetings, they should be removed from shop steward, period. Yeah, because what are you doing getting a what are you doing? Why do you get in right. a commission check to not come to the shop steward meeting or the general membership meeting to get the information that you need to put out to those members out there? Right. So if yeah. I was the bylaws, if I was the bylaws, that's what I would do. I would I would listen. If you're a shop steward, you have three meetings you have to come to throughout the whole six meetings that you have. That's not asking for nothing. That's what not if I was at all. Four general memberships needed within the year is absolutely nothing at all. But, you know, the apathy is, is on high and the disinterest is 
really, you know, is deeply rooted, you know, because when we have members who are not attending a Zoom call, when you don't even have to leave your bedroom, you know, it, it's, it's just ridiculous, especially when we are providing information that's going to be beneficial to you. So, like you said, Hector, we can't give up. And, you know, we have to cling to those members who, who, are, who are interested in learning, who are interested in, in getting involved. Because, you know, we start with that one, and that one starts with two. And like I said, you, in order to get a dollar, you have to start with a penny. So you start with that one person, and then it grows. So Exactly. And, and it starts from, you know, and I hate to put it on the shop stewards. But you know, every I, we we have great we have great we have great shop stewards in this local. I I I I'll be the first one to admit. Jamie, please. Not my damn phone. Yeah, Stop please. Phone. Somebody put it on mute. It's your phone, man. So we have great shop stewards in here in in this local, and I know they mean well. But we have a lot of shop stewards that are lazy, that are just making this commission money and not doing anything for the membership, period. And that has to stop. We have members that need to get educated. We need members. We need leadership. The, you know, like I said, the shop stewards are the first. I would never, ever, ever as a BA, because I didn't like it when I was a shop steward, I will never undermine my shop steward. The shop steward tells me, listen, this is the way it's going now. I'm backing you up 100%. Go in there, fuck them up. I'll be right back behind you to fuck them up. Right behind, they come at you. This is the way I am. I The shop stewards are the first line of defense, and they know the center. A BA, a me. I can't go into your center and say, all right, this is how it's going to run down. I don't give a fuck. No, that's not the way it rolls. The way roads, the shop stewards are there five days a week. They're with the members all the time. They know which members, which and how, who, what, when, mother, father, sister, brother, cousin, how many kids. The shop stewards know that. So you are the backing of your shop steward as the BA. You're the backing of the shop. Listen, go in there, fuck them up. If they kind of come fuck you up, I'll come fuck them up. And that's the way it should be. But we have shop stewards that don't do that. And that's the killer part. Right. Hmm. So, so Hector, what are we doing with these shop stewards? I mean, nobody's perfect. No shop stewards. The bylaws, like, one like I, what like do you I, do with these shop stewards who, like you said, are lazy and you know, and I, I see, I see some who just don't have the interest. So then, if the leaders aren't having the interest, of course the members aren't going to have the interest. So, what do you guys do with a, a shop steward like that? Exactly. Like I said, if I was the bylaws, because it's got to get changed in the bylaws, because the bylaws don't say anything that we could remove a shop steward. Right. Okay. Unless the well, shop okay, steward well, do, unless something is labor related that we could remove him as a labor related issue. But them not showing up to shop steward meeting is not in the bylaws. And it should be in the fucking bylaws. Okay. Right. But but also, not also, only just about the shop steward, man. What about some members? You have some that just don't do it. If they haven't been elected to steward, then the union has the right to pull them and appoint someone. Only if they haven't been elected. If they've been elected by right, the membership, no. then you would have to go right. the route that is talking about. That, that we know. That, that I know. But, yeah. Right. So if you have a member, and I understand what you said, Hector. If you had a member, if it was up to you, a steward who wasn't showing any interest, who was lazy, you would have them removed. Absolutely. Right? 
But prior to right, but prior to doing that, do you guys would you give them an opportunity? Absolutely. To say, hey, pull them to the side. Absolutely. Yo, dude, what's Absolutely. going on? You have to do the X, Y, Z. We have shop stewards that don't even put in one fucking grievance. Okay, so what what, what that does is a chain reaction, Antoine. You got to understand this. So the member that is dying for to be represented by the union, if that shop steward is not doing anything for that member, the member sees that. The member sees that shop steward laughing with management, mm -hmm. not putting in grievance while management is working. I seen it with my own eyes. Okay, right. so that shop steward is showing the membership, the guys that really want to, you know, fight, you know, because they, it's, it's unfair, do. it's unfair. They see the shop steward doing that. Of course, they're going to say, why the fuck we have a, a union for? So, you know, the shop steward has responsibility as an elected shop steward is to represent that contract, to enforce that contract to the best of your knowledge. Okay. And the best of your knowledge is if you see a supervisor working, you must grieve it, period. Show the membership that you are there for them. You got elected. They elected you into that position so you can enforce the contract on this on this management people. Simple as that. And that's the problem. Mm -hmm. If they see the shop steward hanging out with the supervisor, laughing and not writing any grievances, guess what? The membership ain't going to care either. So guess what? It's a chain reaction because they're not going to care to vote. They're not going to care to fucking write grievances. They're not going to care at all. And we have to show them and by, by, re, by responsibility and by a BA's responsibility. Because when I go into these buildings, and I'm telling you, it's not because I'm putting my head up high or making my head blow up. But when I go into those buildings, the respect that I get from management, the members see it. Okay, and they always tell me, oh, "I wish you were here every day. I wish you were here. I wish I was there. I wish I was a mo like everyone that I could have a twenty-four hour person cloned just to keep these motherfuckers in check." But guess what? Right. When I'm not there, who's the next one they got to look up to? The shop store. Exactly. And if the shop store is playing fucking oh, football with the fucking management, what do you think the members gonna do? They lose interest. They lose They're interest in the union. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna, yeah, they, they will lose uh, interest. They will lose interest. They'll get discouraged, and they'll feel that hey, that's the right thing to do. It's okay to do that. Yeah. So yeah, every everyone looks up to their shop steward, and like you said, it, it is a domino effect. So um, you know, overall, you know, I believe in educating the members, and if the members, it's up to them to take heed. You know, so we have to continue. And like you said, I want to reiterate, Hector, that we can't give up because I know it's easy for a lot of people to give up, especially when they're repeating the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. And these members decide to still stop at the, um, the diner a half a sh uh, block away from the UPS facility to order a whole meal before the next day is. You know, so we have to continue to do our part and you know, and educating the members and informing them and pres preserving their jobs. All right. All right well, thank I you. Thank yeah. you guys all. Our time is up. It is four yeah, o'clock. The thank Super Bowl's you. right around the corner. I want to thank you, Antoine Andrews, for calling in. I want to thank Greg Kerwood 
I want to thank uh, Joni Lane Miller for calling in. I want to thank all our listeners on the line as always. Uh, we had the legendary Dave Carew, we had Joe Doherty, we had Patrick, we had uh, we had uh, B Flores, RB804, Dubs804. Uh, um, we, we have so many guys listening and so many girls listening. We had the team still women on there. We had Gemini and Tow Truck on there all the way from California. Uh, we want to thank everybody who's been listening. And remember, you can hear the show on replay. Let your friends know. Let your brothers and sisters around the country know. Thank you, Greg. We appreciate you. You helped make it a great show. Uh, you can listen to us on Google Play. You can listen to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us on thepodomatic.com. You can listen to us on all of that. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Show us some love. Let us know that you're listening. Let us know that you're out there. Create an account. Join us live. Create an account and join us live. Get you don't tell me to move phone. my phone. And tell Jamie to shut his phone off <laughs> all the time. We don't want to hear him at all. Quick question. I want to thank our producer, Hector Fortis, for putting on a great show. Go ahead, Hector. Sorry. Quick question. Jamie, who are you going for? Kansas City. How about you, Tom? All right, well. I don't bet against Tom Brady, so even though I like Kansas City, I've lost too many times to Tom, except for my, when my Giants kicked his ass, so I'm going to go with Tom Brady and the Bucks, baby. All right, me too. I'm going for my boy, Tom Brady, even though I know Kansas City might pull it off. $20, no, $20? Who got money? Who got money? I got thank Kansas you. City. I want to thank everyone for listening to the What The Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. We're here every other Sunday with your host, the one and only Tony Rosario and Jamie Hooligan. They're always here. They Jamie o- Hooligan! They, we did this uh, crazily. It was, a, it was a big snowstorm going on here in New York. It's not that bad as the other day, but it's uh, over here where I'm at. It's upstate. bad enough. It's, it's bad, bad enough, enough to drive. We always want to say... Stay united, solidarity. We're here to put the U back in union. That's right. Thank you. And we'll be here in two weeks. Hopefully. Isn't that Valentine's Day? No, no, no. Next week is Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day for Uh, next week since we're not on to all the lovely ladies of our local, all our sisters out there, our mothers to to the children and our single ladies and single mothers. Happy Valentine's Day, ladies. You got my gift, Joan? Go ahead, Jamie. You got something to say before we cut it off? I just want to know if Joan receives my gift. No, she, Yeah, she gave it to her other man. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to the What The Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. We're here. We ain't going nowhere. This is the members radio for the members by the members. Tony Rosario and Jamie Holligan. Stay tuned next two weeks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Union Power Radio, every other Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with your hosts, Tony Rosario and Jamie Hayes.